It is week four in college football. Uh, welcome back to the Southern Showdown podcast. And after week three, I've got questions, man. I've got questions. Uh, a few of them, like uh, who played Tennessee in Gainesville? I don't know. It wasn't the same Florida team that I saw in week one. Uh, who played in Orlando, Florida against South Florida? I don't know because that's not the Bama I'm used to. And who in the heck kicked that 61-yarder from Missouri? <laughs> I'd like to shake that dude's hand. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, My questions are, uh, is Joe Milton that guy? And is uh, Jalen Milrow that guy? Those are the two quarterbacks in question right now. We were just talking about that earlier. But uh, um, I don't know. I, got, I have m- multiple questions as well. Yeah, I'm uh, a little low on both those quarterbacks after the beginning of this year. But, uh I guess we'll climb on into the recaps of last week. Uh, you can start us off with the go ahead and start off with, heartbreak with uh, Tennessee, since uh, it's probably what a lot of people want to hear about. At least our thoughts, because we're Vol fans. Uh, it was very disappointing, very very disappointing. We just I feel like we beat ourselves. There was 15, 16 penalties. I feel like the play calling wasn't great. First half especially, Joe just looked flustered. He looked like he was he wasn't calm in the pocket, but they also didn't let him throw the ball down the field at all. They threw, down, threw the ball down the field like three times. He probably had the worst interception in all of college football history. Uh, Kamal Haddon needs to get off the football team, if you ask me. His job needs to be up for grabs at least. I mean, you're only as good as your weakest link, and he gets burnt every single play. They go after him every play. He can't make an open field tackle. Quite frankly, I don't know how he made it to Division One football. I mean, we're not professionals, so I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was just – And he's starting. Yeah, and he's starting. It was just very disappointing showing from the balls. Offense looked stagnant in the first half, except aside from the first drive. And uh, the play calling, just screen pass after screen pass, inside zone runs on third and 15. I just – I don't get it not letting the – their talent eat. There's too much talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially for them to only put up 16 points. It just was not good. The coaches didn't prepare them for the game. The players didn't execute. But hats off to Florida. Great offensive game plan. Great. They beat us on both sides of the ball, especially in the first half. I mean, both fronts looked more physical. I mean, hats off to Florida. They played a great game. They called a great game. They were just better on Saturday. Yeah. Yep, I mean, it kind of is what it is. You know, like we've always bragged about on in Kentucky, uh, the truth is Florida's owned us in the swamp. And uh, Florida's kind of owned us for the past, what, 12 years? Yeah. Uh, that's just that's just kind of how it's, how it's been. Um, like I said, this is not the same Florida team that played in week one, and it's not the same Tennessee team that played last year. Uh, you're talking about two different teams that showed up in week three. Uh, you know, Joe Milton throws his first interception at Tennessee – and it was it was probably the worst interception I've ever seen. I, I don't really, I don't understand what was going through his head then. Uh, I really don't even understand what was going through his head most of the first half and most of the game. Um, you know, I don't want to be too hard on him and harp on him, but I don't know. I, I think Nico looked like he was ready to play. He was right behind him, breathing down his back the entire time. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Florida showed up. Florida played great. They had a great game plan. Uh, I think Napier and the squad knew they had to have that game plan. Like I said going into it, I really don't even know why I chose this as a pick or, or wanted to bet this game. That's not a game you bet. That's a must win for both teams, especially for Florida. So you don't want to be on the other side of a, of a team that's that needs to win like that. But uh, uh, Also, like, there. Graham Mertz just – 
turned it on. Oh, yeah. I mean, the they, team. they ran the ball all over us. So, I mean, it set him up for good opportunities. But, I mean, even when there was pressure on him, I thought before this game that if you got pressure on Graham Merch, maybe got him outside the pocket, he wasn't going to make plays for you. He wasn't going to win games for you. But, I mean, third and long came up. They blitzed, they got pressure on him, and he was making throws on the run. He was making throws under pressure. I mean, he looked like a, a game manager and a field general on the field, and I was very impressed with that. And um, just adds all to Florida. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he looked exactly how the next one we're climbing into. He looked exactly how what Bama is looking for. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. where's their field manager? Where's their good quarterback? I mean, it's been a long time since you've watched Alabama and not seen a stellar quarterback at that at that position. I mean, they they start they start Buckner this past Saturday, and they realize he's definitely not the answer. I mean, Milrow's starting again this Saturday, so now you've just got all this quarterback confusion. Um, golly, and I mean. This is just not, it's not the Alabama team that we're, we're, we're used to seeing by any means. The offensive line doesn't look great. You know, a 17-3 to win over South Florida, I mean, that was a ball game. It was a ball game the entire first half and most of the second half. I'm pretty sure, like, the last seven points came in, like, the last minute of the game. I mean, this was practically a 10-3 to win over South Florida. I mean, that's just not what you're used to seeing from Bama. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to look for the rest of the year, honestly. I, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't take them to win. You know, same as Tennessee. They're they're kind of looking. Are they both in shambles? I don't know. I hope yeah. not. You know, for Tennessee at least. Um, I have an interesting stat. Uh, Alabama's offensive line has given up the most sacks in all of Power Five. That is something that you just don't see from Alabama. I mean, they've had a lot of mental errors. Like watching them, they're just not disciplined. They're not the same disciplined team that Nick Saban usually coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think. This South Florida game, Nick Saban took this as an opportunity to give Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson like a chance to play against a, a lower tier team and show what they're all about. And Tyler Buckner looked horrible, to, just to put it blunt. He looked horrible. Ty Simpson came in late in the game and he looked okay, but that game made it obvious that Jalen Milrow is the guy. But even Jalen Milrow, his decision making, I mean, has got to improve. And I think Bama has to utilize his strengths more. I mean, their offensive play caller needs to utilize his legs and his uh, physical attributes. Like, I mean, he can run the ball, dude. And he can throw the ball downfield, but I don't know. He's just got to clean it up in the in between the ears. Yeah. One thing about, like, what you said about letting him start this game, let Buckner start the game, that's one thing I have to say I do love about what Nick Saban does. You know, he's not scared to bench the starting quarterback and let another player play. I mean, you're you're so used to, like, interchanging your running backs. I, I know that the quarterback is the head of your offense, but sometimes you got to interchange him too. You know, if you've got the guy that's not getting it done, you know, for instance, at Tennessee, it's kind of why I'm talking about it. it. Let another kid try. Let another kid play. You know, maybe it'll, it'll fire up your starter or, you know, it can go a lot of ways, but I like how he is definitely not scared to, to throw somebody else in under the fire and see, can you get it done? Uh Give him a chance. I guess uh, next one we'll climb into is golly a domination. LSU just dominates Mississippi State. Mississippi State was uh, mine and Trips dark horse. Sad to say. I mean, uh, it's it's been fun in the SEC this year, hasn't it? I mean, we're, we've we've kind of taken a decline to be completely honest. But uh, I mean, Bama don't look the same. And 
Good Lord, we chose them to go 12 and 0. <laughs> what have we predicted? Uh, but our, our dark horse uh, gets completely, completely dominated by LSU. And hey, I will say one good thing for you is you predicted Jaden Daniels to be your number one quarterback, and he looked just like that yeah. this week. Uh, he had, let's see, let's see, what do you have? He was 30 for 34. Very efficient. 30 for 34 with 361 yards. He had two touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. But if you would have told me, like, at the beginning of the year that Will Rogers was going to have a game where he went 11 for 28 and only had 103 yards, I would have told you you're crazy. If you tell me that Will Rogers on the year has only thrown 60% and for under 500 yards and only five touchdowns, through these first games, I tell you, you're crazy. There's no way. And that's where we're sitting. I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Mississippi State's offensive approach is different. Too. It's definitely different. Because they're, not, they're not throwing the ball 40 and 50 times a game like right. you're seeing. They're, they have a more balanced offensive approach. And I think these kids have been playing under this system for three, four years. They're just not really acclimated to it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, welcome to the Southern Showdown. It's not welcome. House of the Ice Cold Takes because we have just been <laughs> – Completely wrong on so many accounts. Yeah, I mean, uh, our picks. I mean, I mean, I'm nine for twenty on the year. What are you, what I'm are you eleven for eighteen on yeah. the year. <laughs> and the below average picks. The only take that we have that's like okay is Jaden Daniels looking like the guy at LSU. And even in week <laughs> one, I thought, dang, is Jaden Daniels the guy? <laughs> we have screwed up. <laughs> but the past, number two? the past two weeks, he's been. We don't got to talk about who my number two was. He <laughs> don't look like no, the number two. It's number seven for the walls. <laughs> uh, uh, Lord, he might be number seven <laughs> on the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, but LSU just dominated Mississippi State. Jaden Daniels threw all over him, ran all over him. He did everything in this game, and Mississippi State just laid down and got defeated. I mean, was it oh, 42 yeah. to 14? Is that, isn't that the final score? Yeah, I think, yeah, 41 14. 41 to 14. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not really much to say. LSU just dominated on both sides of the ball. For sure. Well, For what sure. are we jumping into next? Uh, we got South, South Carolina, Carolina and Georgia. Georgia. South Carolina gave Georgia a run for their money in the first half. Was it 14 to 3 at half? Is that what it was? Uh, was it 14 to 3? I think it was 14 to 3, yeah. I believe so. And uh Golly, I didn't even realize they didn't score a touchdown. Spencer though. Rattler on his first drive was eight for eight. Yes. Very efficient in the first half. And then in the second half he just turned around threw two interceptions, dude. I mean just I know. it's like the what we've been here talking about about Spencer Rattler for the past two or three years is he's hot when he's hot, but he's ice cold when he's cold. Mm-hmm. And I mean that you could just see that in the tail of two halves in this game. Usually you don't see that for him though. It's usually a game and then yeah. another game. Yeah. But Georgia just turned it on in the second half and I had a feeling they would and it's because of the guy that is their head coach. Kirby Absolutely. Smart has a great system and he he's a motivator. I mean, I don't know if y'all heard that hype speech before the Tennessee Georgia game last year, but I'm a diehard Tennessee fan and when we play anyone I hate them. But I listened to that speech and it had me wanting to go bite the head off of a dude with a Georgia with an orange jersey on. <laughs> me too. Dude. I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of teams are missing, like Tennessee. I mean, they need a motivator, yeah. somebody to get the team amped and ready. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something huge. And they've got one in their head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Georgia just showed that they were the better team because once they were shown with adversity. They came right back from it and shut them out 21 nothing in the second half. And I think that says more about their program in a good way than in a negative way. Mm-hmm. 
in in my opinion. So I think the 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 first half slow start just shows that they could could be that contender. They're battle tested already, even though they have a pretty weak schedule. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean it's kind of just the mantra for Georgia. I mean they're just they're one of the best. Sec- I mean they're probably the best second half team in in, a, in many years up to date. But uh. They just came out and dominated that second half. They really did. They dominated the second half. They completely controlled the game. And what Kirby said is we're going to have four four drives during the second half, and we're going to score on three of them. We might let them score on one. Well, they shut them out in the second half defensively, and their offense kind of comes to fire and scores three touchdowns. Uh, like you said, Rattler did kind of shoot himself in the foot throwing those two interceptions. I think he was just getting a little nervous playing that number one team and trying to force things, trying to force things to happen. And I mean, with the way that the defense played in that second half, you kind of did almost have to force things to happen. Um, man, Georgia just looks dominant again. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if they'll run the gauntlet on the season, but they definitely look dominant. So. Uh, pretty good feels for them. Missouri and Kansas State. Big upset. Brady Cook came out. Whenever he came out, his Missouri fans booed him. They booed. Boo. And he goes on that field and throws 23 for 35 for 356 yards and three total touchdowns. I don't think they'll be booing him next week. Uh, the head coach had a lot to say about that. He, he said yeah. he was pissed. Coach Prime got everybody, everybody, all the coaches <laughs> wanting to say a little something. That, that Missouri coach sat down after the post game and said, "You know what? Y'all booing Brady Cook at the beginning. That pissed me off. I'm just gonna say that pissed me <laughs> off. I, I, I was, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, we're we're upset with Joe Milton, but we ain't gonna boo him. We we're not gonna boo him. <laughs> the crowd boos. We might throw I up mean, some, we some might birdie. See, we might say Nico. Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only gonna say that if he comes onto the field. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that Missouri Kansas State game. That was like that was ser- it was one of the best games of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Starting us off right there at, at noon noon kickoff with one of the best games of the weekend. And then of course it ends with that 61 yard field goal from I don't, I don't know his name. Uh, I think his last name is Davis. He <laughs> looks like a 41-year-old man, but uh, props to him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that game was a great game. The 61-yard field goal walk-off, it could have been a shorter field goal going back to that head coach. Like, he decision. Was, <laughs> his <Yeah>. decision. <laughs> and they were, I don't know what that was, but he said it was all part of the script in his post-game interview. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do – do like Missouri's head coach a little bit more after these post game interviews from Kansas State. Yeah. But I mean, don't, let, don't get to liking him too much. <laughs> <laughs> let, the way we're looking, we might not like him come uh, maybe late November. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, let let Meridi Cook cook. That's what that's my oh, yeah. my thing. I mean, he looked great, and the fact that his fans were booing him, that's gonna light a fire up underneath him. For the next couple of weeks, I feel like. I mean, mm-hmm. if I went out there and they booed me, and then I threw for um, 350 yards and three touchdowns, I would just have two fat middle fingers at the entire fan base, <laughs> trying to prove them wrong. So, I feel like uh, that's what he's doing, and that's what he's going to continue to do. So, Missouri, Missouri stock is rising up. It is rising. I don't know how they're not in the top 25, to be honest. Uh, next one we'll climb into is that Arkansas-BYU game. Arkansas loses a tight one, uh, 31-38. Really, Arkansas shot their own selves in the foot with with the turnovers. Uh, I think they had like 
four. No, I think maybe they had like two turnovers. But uh, really, if I'm Arkansas after this one, you got to put this behind you. You're about to step into SEC play. Put this one behind you and uh, look, look ahead to the SEC play. Uh, it is what it is. They lost to BYU seven points. Uh, we picked this one wrong, but like I said, just need to put it behind them and look forward. There's another SEC team just looking a lot less disciplined than you'd like from the SEC. Too many mistakes, too many turnovers, and at the end of the day, you can't win when you turn the ball over that many times. You can't win when you make that many mental errors. And I mean, it's the reason that Alabama had a game with South Florida. It's the reason that Tennessee got beat 29 to 16 against Florida, and it's the reason that Arkansas lost to BYU. I mean, you don't you don't have to play a perfect game every week, but you can't make that many mistakes. It's just you you can't win the games that way. And uh, KJ Jefferson was honestly pretty quiet in this game. I mean, not not the numbers on paper that you're used to seeing from KJ Jefferson, and really just not the dog you're used to watching on Saturday just carrying Arkansas. But, uh, I mean, I think they're just going to – I think this might, like, I don't know, I've said a lot of fire under them like four times, but it it might it might do that. It might uh, kick Arkansas in that second gear, and uh, there's not really much to it. They just they just made too many mistakes and got beat. Yeah, I mean, you've said it a lot because it's week three. Yeah. And that's, this is when it's got to happen. This is when you take your losses and you can get together and rebuild and have a, a great rest of the year. Yeah. This is also things, the time where everything can just turn bad, go downhill, and you have it. Week four is a big week, you know. This is this is the week where it's time to put a statement on how you're going to be for the rest of the year. <clears throat> this week and next week, if you ask me. Uh, Auburn and Samford. Auburn uh, took care of business against Samford, blew them out. Uh, Peyton Thorne did have two picks, and you know that's something that he's going to have to clean up, and you you can't have that. I think who they they play uh, Texas A and M this week, um, you know you can't have that going to play Texas A and M. But Auburn's looked pretty good on the year, other than those you know the two picks in that game. But Auburn's looked pretty good this year. Yeah, aside from this game, though, Auburn's offense has just looked atrocious, like really just slow. But Peyton Thorne, I mean, he did throw those two picks, but he had 123 yards on the ground. I mean, he's basically like a running back back there at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. They just let throw every once in a while. Yeah. He's got to turn that decision-making around when he's in the pocket. And if Florida – I mean, Florida. God, they're on my mind. They're hunting me in my sleep, man. If Peyton Thorne uh, and Auburn, if Auburn uses his legs <laughs> like they should, Auburn's going to upset some folks. And I mean – Look out! Two weeks they got Georgia, and this week they got A and M. So I mean, if Peyton Thorne can just take that next step and just step up as a quarterback, be dynamic on both both sides, throwing the ball and running the ball, be dual threat at heart instead of just really a running quarterback, that'll be that would be tremendous for Auburn football. And I think uh, Hugh Freeze is doing some good things over there at Auburn. So sure. We uh climbing into next. Uh, uh, Vandy and ULV. Another upset. Vandy. Vandy, 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 Vandy. <laughs> well, uh, they I, themselves. I at least got the W. This is one of my three W's on my picks out of ten this week. I, kn- I knew, I knew, I should have taken. <sighs> I said, I said Vanderbilt Duh. might win by a game-winning field goal. Well, they got beat by a game-winning field goal against UNLV. I knew and I, I should have taken UNLV. Once again, <laughs> AJ Swan has a lot of talent. 
kid really does. He's talented, but yeah. he makes too many mental errors. He still makes those rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? And uh, that's once again what it comes down to. If you're in a tight game, you're in a shootout like this. It's not really who's the better team. It's who makes more mistakes, like we've said yep. before. And Vandy made too many mistakes. Yep. And that's, that's, they made too many mistakes because the, they had four turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers. If any team has four turnovers and wants to win, it's really hard to win a football yeah. game when you have four turnovers. For instance, that Georgia-South Carolina game, we'll have Georgia have four turnovers in that game and try to see if they can win that one. They, they probably don't. Um, you, you just can't have that many turnovers, and Vandy did against UNLV. Come on, Vandy. You're, you're making the SEC look terrible. We already don't the look SEC's good The SEC's already looking terrible. We already dude. don't look good this year. Why are you making us look worse? Why are you doing that to us? Uh, everybody else in the SEC better tear Vandy up. That's all I got to say. I, I was high on Vandy coming into the year, and now I'm just like, please destroy Vandy. I hate it for the coach because I like the guy. Uh, next one is Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. Ole Miss pretty much controlled this one the entire game. Um, Georgia Tech did did start throwing the rock around at the end of the game, uh, but it was just too late. You know, Ole Miss had it. Ole Miss also put up like 24 points in the fourth quarter, though, as they as Georgia Tech's trying to come back. So that makes it pretty tough. Ole Miss has looked so. Uh, SEC has just not looked that great this year. You know, they have taken a decline, but I will say, for instance, Georgia looks good, uh, and LSU, I mean, and Ole Miss looks good. And other than that, I can't really tell you who looks that great. I mean, aside from week one, LSU looks good. LSU, LSU look, I'll say that. Week one was two weeks ago. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know? I, I know that. <laughs> but also at the same time, like I said it previously. It is week one, tough. Tough. Brian Kelly yeah. came in there like he was just going to take FSU's lunch money. And yeah. I mean, I think they were just hey, complacent. If there's any time to do it, it's that, it's that week one against the FSU. Yeah. LSU can still turn around. They can, be a yeah, top that's what I'm team. saying. They they lost they lost in week one against FSU last year, and they ended up making the SEC championship. So, I mean, can, you never know. But it, it, at the end of the day, it's college football. It's, it's a bunch of college kids playing a game, and anything can happen. So, there's no telling what's going to happen. That's why our predictions are so horrible. <laughs> it's it's their fault, not ours. That's Talking about them going important. to the SEC championship last year, who who do you have right? If I just had to ask you, this ain't this ain't on no script, but who who would you take right now to to uh, right now to go to the SEC championship? I have Georgia win the East, and either LSU or Ole Miss win in the West. I think I think Alabama might Pretty drop might drop another game. But uh, talking about Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, going back to that so we don't get too sidetracked, <laughs> Jackson Dart looking amazing, looking like throwing a stud. Darts. He's throwing darts and he's running all over folks. Yeah. We said it in the preseason during our quarterback ranking that he could definitely move up the list as we make as we make more quarterback rankings down the line, and he definitely is, and it's because of his dual threat ability. I mean, he had 136 rushing yards this week. That's insane. If he does that against Alabama, I mean, heck, we might have an upset. We might have an upset. But, uh, and Ole Miss offensively looked like Ole Miss. Looked like a Lane Kiffin offense. Mm -hmm. And defensively, mediocre but better than they were last year, and that's really all it takes. So, I mean, if they get over the hump with Alabama, I think watch out for Ole Miss. Yeah. Yep. Maybe so. We'll see. 
Uh, let's let's climb into our picks, man. The top one is is Ole Miss in Alabama, and uh, I'm I'm signed with Ole Miss on this one. Alabama just hasn't looked that great this year, as we've talked about. Their offensive line don't look that great, and you don't want your defense to not be looking that good when you're about to play Ole Miss. That's for sure. Uh, I'm taking Ole Miss in the upset. Bryant Denny Stadium is happening again. You know, we after that one, we thought Texas was just wonderful after beating Bama. I think it's more Bama's not looking like themselves. Um, so. Taking Ole Miss in the upset. I have Ole Miss to cover. I don't know that I have them in the upset. The upset is very, very possible. Like I could, if an upset happened, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Alabama squeaks by on this one. I mean, it depends really though if they let Jalen Milrow use his legs. I mean, yeah. if they oh, use, that's going to be the game. Plan. If they use his strength to his advantage, then I think they'll run all over Ole Miss, and it'll become <laughs> a shootout. But I think Alabama can win that shootout. Now, the keys to winning for Ole Miss is getting pressure on the quarterback because they're, Alabama's offensive line has looked very shaky. Mm-hmm. And if they can get pressure on Jalen Milrow, he will make stupid decisions. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not that he might. He will make at least one bad decision, and he will turn the ball over at least once. Well, it's back to what you just said. If it's going to be a shootout, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Absolutely. Don't don't make mistakes. And I think, I think Nick Saban is – sick and tired of the undisciplined football because the the standard for football has been Alabama football and their discipline and the way that they play for the past 15 years. And, I mean, it just hadn't looked like the same Alabama. And it might not be the same Alabama, but I'm banking on Nick Saban over Lane Kiffin. Lane is 0-4 against Nick. He's 0-4. Yeah, he's 0-3 due. at he's Ole Miss. Due. He may be due, due. He may be due or he may be whipped. I, I'm going with the fact that I think he's whipped, but if he is due, he's due. I could see it happening. So I mean, Ole uh, Miss on top of Bama. Bama squeaks by. That's what I got. They're gonna squeak by in this game. I hear you. Uh, what we got next? Uh, we got Florida at Charlotte, uh, or Charlotte at Florida. Sorry, uh, Florida is minus twenty-eight on this one. I'm gonna have to side with Florida. You know, all of you are probably like, of course you're gonna side with Florida after what they just did to Tennessee. But no, Florida. Florida looked a lot better. Uh, Last week, and they tore McNeese up. This is probably a team that's relatively, you know, the I same caliber as McNeese. And, you know, you're only laying 28 points. They might just win by 28. They could also win by, like, freaking 42, you know. Uh, so, I'll take I'll take, I'll take, take Florida. That's my exact thought process. I mean, there's not really much to think about in this game to me. I feel like uh, this team is very similar to McNeese, like you said, in the past two weeks. Florida just seems to get better every week. Um, it's kind of scary, and uh, well, I don't really like it. I mean, we've already doing played exactly them, what they didn't do last year. Yeah, last year they they won that game over Utah, and then they started declining through week three and week four yeah. week, as, as as it went on. And this year, it's kind of like the LSU game. They got they got smacked around in that first game, and now it's like, all right, let's get together and let's yeah. let's turn this up and turn it into a good year. I see Florida turn into a good year, and you you said something about Georgia's schedule. At the same time, it's like they have Florida know, and Tennessee too. Yeah, the the two t- like Florida has turned their ball game around, and you just said watch out for Ole Miss. So they got to play Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Florida. They play Ole Miss and, and Missouri. Yeah, they got to play oh, Ole damn. Miss the week before they play. Tennessee. I mean, it's an SEC. It's easy an SEC for an schedule. SEC schedule. And 
at the beginning of the year, we were high on teams that were no longer high on, really, as high on. Yeah. You know, I mean, Missouri's looked like a dominant team. Ole Miss's looked like a dominant team, and Florida's turning around. So, yeah. pretty tough. Pretty tough. Um, next one we got is uh, – so, you took Florida, too, correct? I did take okay. Florida. And the next one we got is uh, Georgia and UAB. Uh, I am signed with UAB on this because it's 42 points, and usually when it's that high of a number, Georgia doesn't tend to cover. Uh, they just they don't they do play with their food a little bit, but they don't you know they don't just go and take it and throw it in the trash. So yeah, I feel like every game this year has been a slow start for Georgia. I feel like right. second first first half, I mean, a slow start in this game might be like seventeen to three, but I mean, forty two is just such a big number. I feel like Georgia's not putting up those numbers on offense this year. Really, I mean, there, there's one game where they scored over forty two points. So. I feel like uh, UAB, I mean, they're not a good football team by any means, but I think they if they get any points on the board, Georgia's not covering. But same with Florida. They're going to dominate on both sides of the ball, and it's just not going to be a, an interesting game. Same same crap, different game. Feel me? Yep. Yeah. Uh, next one we got is Arkansas at LSU. LSU is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a little bit bigger of a number than I expected. Um I feel like this one should be more just at the two-touchdown range. But that's why I'm on side with Arkansas. I think it's too many points for LSU to give up. I wouldn't be surprised if – I mean, I would kind of be surprised if they covered. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I got to side with Arkansas on this one. These are the – these two game, these two teams first SEC play, right? The first game in the SEC. Is that right? I believe uh, so. No, LSU just played Mississippi State. Oh, I mean, sorry. LSU did – stupid brain fart. But, anyways – um. LSU, they look dominant, especially against Mississippi State last week. How could I forget? Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Anytime two SEC teams face off, I feel like it could be a good game. And K.J. Jefferson, he may not have lit up the stat sheet last week, but he is he is that a dude. He's that guy. And uh, I think they keep it closer than 17 and a half. Sure. If this, I feel like this spread is half a point too much in favor of LSU. I feel like they could win by two touchdowns of 17 points, but I don't think they're winning by any more than that. I don't think they're going to beat Arkansas by 20. Yeah, you might yeah. be right. It might be that half point that saves us. Yeah. Hopefully so, because our picks have been good evenage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next one we got is Memphis at Missouri. Uh, Missouri's only a six-and-a-half point favorite. You know, like you said before the show, this is one that I can see Missouri goes and beats Kansas State. And then next week loses at home to a team like Memphis. I could definitely see that from from a Missouri. That's something where we we used to seeing at yeah. Missouri. But I think I think Missouri's got their head on straight this year. I think they got it going on for them. I I think that last game might have kicked them into gear. They want to get in that top twenty-five. Uh, they want to be one of the best SEC football teams this year, and they got the defense to do it. Uh, Kansas State's a good offense. That's why as many numbers as Kansas State put up is is what they did. Missouri did on offense what they had to do. So, definitely taking Missouri Tigers to cover this six and a half. I'm also taking Missouri. I think it's going to be a pretty good game, though, to be honest. I mean, I think a lot of the picks I've missed on have been picking based on feeling. Like, I, I feel right. like this is going to happen. But right. if I just sit back and really just think about these two teams and, like, a matchup standpoint, Memphis is not a horrible team mm-hmm. by any means. They're, they're a pretty good team. And Missouri, I'm not sure if they're great or if Kansas State just isn't that good and Missouri showed up that day and they didn't or or what. 
to be honest. I mean, I don't know what to to think of the, that game, but um, Brady Cook's gonna cook, and they're gonna get them by more than six and a half. Um, think ten to fourteen is about how they win. Maybe maybe even just a touchdown. Maybe even seven points. But I think Missouri does get the win. And, uh, I, don't, I don't think – Memphis hasn't played a defense to Missouri's caliber this year. Uh, it's just – it's not enough points. Number five is a dog at Memphis, though. He runs the ball well. Their yeah. quarterback – they don't have the best quarterback, to be honest, in Memphis, but their running attack is great. So, if Missouri shuts down the run, I mean, it could get ugly. Good. Good. Uh, next one we got is Mississippi State at South Carolina. South Carolina's only a six-point favorite in this one. Uh, the way that Mississippi State has looked this year, there's no way I can I can take a side with them. There's no way I can put any faith in this team. Like Tripp said, I can't look at I can't think about my feel here. I got to look at how these teams have played. South Carolina, God, it, if you if you want to bet on South Carolina, bet on first half. Take them first half because they have looked dominant in every single game, or at least great. They've looked they've looked great, like a great football team. In the first half, every single week, mm-hmm. they've been outdone twice now in the second half. Yeah. Uh, so they do need to finish this week. They got to finish strong. I don't think it's going to be as tough to finish strong against this Mississippi State team, though. South Carolina is the best one and two team out there, I think. And uh, I mean, I feel like they could beat Mississippi State by like fourteen to twenty points now after after last week's showing. I mean. South Carolina feels just like more physical than Mississippi State. They're going to beat them up front. And last week, that's what impressed me in the first half is week one, South Carolina's offensive line looked shaky. I mean, mm-hmm. Rattler got sacked seven or eight times. But then in the first half against Georgia, I mean, the top dogs, the probably the one of, if not the best defenses in college football, I mean, they held their own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Rattler had time. And Rattler had time to throw the ball. But also, he's got to be on his game because if he's not on his game, they could lose this game. They could drop a third game already mm-hmm. and lose all that Beamer ball hype. But I see South Carolina taking care of business. I see Spencer Rattler dicing up Mississippi State's secondary because defensively Mississippi State has not looked all that great. And uh, I think uh, some something special they care. for South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to have a good good day on special teams. That's what that's how they get it this week. That's what you get think? the cover on some special, some special teams, teams, some Beamer Ball special teams play. Right. You know he loves that special teams, man. Right. Next one we got is uh, UTSA at Tennessee. We will be there at Neyland Stadium to watch this one, and I hope for my balls to turn it up a notch, and I hope for them to uh, disappoint me on my pick here because I'm picking UTSA plus the 21. Uh, the balls just haven't looked good enough to beat beat a team by three touchdowns. Uh, of UTSA's caliber. I know UTSA is one and two. They're a pretty dang good one and two football team. Uh, they had to play Houston out the gate. Uh, that's a tough one for them to play right out the gate. And, you know, they got upset by Army last week. Uh, so I've got to take UTSA plus the points here against my balls, sadly. It was a toss up on this one, unfortunately. I mean, if, if it was this team, Tennessee team from last year, I'm circling Tennessee, no problem. 21 points, that's not enough. No, but this year, this year, <laughs> I mean, I just – it doesn't feel the same. The offensive play, calling. everybody's talking about missing Jalen Hyatt, missing Hendon Hooker. Man, I miss Alex Golish with every ounce of me. I miss <laughs> him so much. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. He, he's an offensive guru, dude. I mean, I wish that we would pay him all the money in the world just to come back. 
Somebody call someone. I mean, Joey Joey Hazel. I think he's a good quarterback coach. I re- I respect him as a coach, and maybe he'll turn around. Maybe he just is getting his footing. He's getting acclimated with this offense, but he just looks timid. I don't watching timid play calling just make outrages me, because you're throwing screen passes here and right. I mean, left and right, you're throwing um, little dump offs, little outs. You're not throwing the ball down the field. You're not you're not playing with that aggression that you're used to seeing Tennessee. I mean, he got the keys to a freaking McLaren. A Lambo, a Ferrari, whatever you want to call it, and he just has fumbled he's, he's, the bag. He's, he's driving 25 he's, miles he's, an hour. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's got a seatbelt on. You know, what I, mean? yeah, man. Uh, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, you got rip that thing off and give it some gas. You got two cats that can run 23, 24 mile an hour, and you're you're not throwing the ball down the field. You got a guy who can throw it 90 yards in the air, flat footed, and I you're not understand. throwing it down the field. But I don't understand. UTSA is not a bad team either, so. It was a toss-up, but I'm taking the Vols to cover the 21-point spread. I think they barely covered that, though. I mean, they might win by, like, 24 points, which is so disappointing, to be honest. But um, I don't uh, know. If you told me we'd beat UTSA by 24 at the beginning of the year, I'd say I'm happy, to be honest. That's why I've got I to mean, take UTSA in the points I'd be here, I'd be content, but I wouldn't be happy. I want to beat them by, like, at least 35. If we beat them by 35, <laughs> I might have a different feeling about Tennessee next week. But uh, uh, I, I will not have any different feelings <laughs> about Tennessee until they prove me wrong with, like, two more SEC teams. Uh, next one we got is Auburn at Texas A&M. That's cooking up for a pretty good matchup. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the games of the week aside from that uh, Ole Miss. There's a lot of great games outside of the SEC. Yeah, all the excitement is outside of the SEC yeah. right now. It's now all the excitement is outside of the SEC for this entire year, and we've decided this year to – to do an SEC podcast, and uh, it has been a a cluster. It's, it's there's been some fumbles. It's been a wild year, and it's only week three, so you need yeah. to buckle up your chin strap because it's going to get a little crazier. If the SEC keeps upsetting us this bad. We're just going to start talking about college football. <laughs> so. Our logo is going to change. It's going to say CFB instead of SEC. <laughs> say, how many? How many out of con? We got a lot of conference games this week. There's not really any that we could we could lose outside of conference here. Uh, I don't, you know, UAB and Charlotte's not going to do nothing. UTSA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can UTSA beats Tennessee. We're done. Yeah. We're done uh, We're done doing the SEC podcast. It'll be nothing but a football f- podcast, and I'll be strapping on a Colorado hat. I've, uh, I'm just kidding. But. I've been wearing this uh, Tennessee hat every week. You will not see a hat on my head if we can beat by UTSA. <laughs> and I'll be wearing all uh, black probably. No colors that correlate with Tennessee at all. I'll wear like pink. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, Auburn and Auburn at Texas A and M. Yeah, we we got a good one. Uh, seven and a half. I don't like the hook there for Texas A and M. Auburn could win this one outright, to be honest. So, got to take Auburn plus the points here. Auburn plus seven and a half for me. To me, through this point of the season, both teams are honestly pretty mid. It's like a mid off, in my opinion. But mid off. Uh, the, what it comes down to is who who's the who's the better guy, Connor Wigman or Peyton Thorne, and I'm putting my trust in Connor Wigman. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better quarterback, and I think even if Peyton Thorne is going on the ground, Texas A&M is going to cover se- this seven and a half point spread because Auburn Auburn can't score with Texas A&M in my opinion. I don't think they can. I mean Al- Auburn has struggled on offense, and Texas A&M has struggled a little bit on defense. So, I mean it sets up for them to have an offensive day, but 
And Texas A&M has been thriving on offense. I mean, Bobby Petrino has turned that offense around. If the defense can step up, Texas A&M could still be a solid team. But as of right now, I I feel like Auburn and Texas A&M are two teams that are just middle of the pack. But uh, seven and a half point spread. I'm laying, going with Texas A&M. Next we have is Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Um, as I'm looking at this right here, you know, I, I've got Kentucky highlighted. And everything screams Kentucky, especially with that big loss to UNLV last week. But I'm changing my pick right now, and I'm taking Bandy plus the 13. All right. Bandy plus the 13. I'm perfectly fine with that because y'all will be surprised. I'm, I'm going to be up on you. After this week. Y'all will be surprised, but I actually have faith in Kentucky this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not saying much, man. Come on, they're playing Bandy. You finally have faith in Kentucky. And it's only because I think Devin Leary's back might be hurting from carrying Kentucky so hard. I mean, I think Devin Leary's going to light up Bandy's m- absolutely mediocre secondary. I mean, Yeah, they are m- absolutely. It, it could be a tight game, though, I mean, but I think Kentucky at least wins by two touchdowns. And if they don't, then I'll be happy still. So it's okay. AJ, AJ Swan's back's going to hurt after this one. He better carry him through. You calling the upset? No. <laughs> I'm not going that deep with it. No. Okay. Well. Should have just went with it, man. We need something. <laughs> we need something, we need something. good. Yeah. Uh, so next little segment we're going to go into is uh, Chris's picks. I'm um, 7-3 and three on the year. Uh, and I have a big old eight-team slate on this one. Uh, y'all ride them with me, and, and we'll see how we do. Uh, this week I've got NC State minus nine, Air Force minus three, one of my favorites this year that I've, I've liked picking and uh, has looked great this year, Syracuse. Syracuse minus the 13. Uh, Notre Dame plus the four against Ohio State, and I'm, I'm thinking that Notre Dame's going to pull out the upset. Upset this week. I can so see I got happening. Ole Miss upsets Bama. Notre Dame upsets Ohio State. I hope you at least go one and one because if you go and two, that's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling for upsets. It's okay to lose on the upsets. Uh, Colorado upsets. No, I'm just kidding. They ain't going to upset Oregon. But I am taking Colorado in the points. I just don't think they can. Uh, I don't think they're going to get beat by three touchdowns. Um, and then South Carolina minus five and a half. Oklahoma minus 13 and a half. And North Carolina minus seven. Those are the eight picks. I usually do not pick this many games in one week. I'm uh, strapping it on them. It's just something about those teams in orange. You've been high on Syracuse for a while. Yep, I've been high. Yeah, I'm high on this year. This is the best Syracuse team I've probably ever seen. Uh, So eight picks this week. I usually just do two or three, three or four. But uh, eight picks, and we're looking to hit at least six of them. So climb on board. Uh, so I guess that's I guess that's gonna wrap this one up. Hopefully yeah. we have uh, better things to say about our boys in orange next week. Absolutely. Uh, and really the SEC as a whole. So we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you.